Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. They say it's in your blood, a game that can't be won, only played. A love affair. It satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect. The greatest game ever played. Golf. It's real. And this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper. Talking golf with you for more than two decades. And now, here's Brian and Bob. Thank you very much and welcome into a U.S. Open edition of Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor alongside Bob Casper, son of two-time U.S. Open champion Billy Casper, who knows a little something about winning U.S. Opens. We're talking Wingfoot in 59, Olympic Club in 66, two of the preeminent challenging courses that host multiple U.S. Open championships throughout the years, and would be really interested to hear what your dad might think about L.A. Country Club over the first two rounds. Bob, uh, it's certainly been great to be in L.A. and to witness this championship. I think uh, so far I'll say L.A. has been a great host. The golf course is a fantastic test, and I'm not going to allow a little bit of soft conditions to ruin my party uh, because I think the U.S. Open's been great so far. Oh, I think it's been awesome. And you know what? When it comes down to it, you 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 can't blame Mother Nature because it is what it is. It's an outdoor but the sport. golf course is yeah. set up perfectly. Um, the holes are, are challenging for these players. You've got the right amount of birdie opportunities and the right amount of opportunities to make some big numbers just like – Dustin Johnson did in the second round on the on the second hole and made a quadruple bogey, um, but it's it's a great great venue. They're going to go back to it again uh, later in 2030 and uh, in in the 2030s. And it's uh, I'll, I'll tell you what I loved it. And I you know what else I really loved about it? I loved that there was only 22,000 people on the golf course and you could get around and see. I love that too. I heard some of the fans on Twitter saying it feels like the pandemic years. No one's there. It's not that no one's there. It's that there's fewer and they're spread out and they're not stacked in grandstands. And so you don't have a stadium or cathedral like atmosphere, but for the golfer, for the, for the guy that loves to see an architecture, to see this beautiful property with the great views and skylines, man, you sure wouldn't want that blocked by a bunch of grandstands. So no. maybe it feels a little light on television, but I can tell you, walking around in person, the experience is tremendous, and it's it feels more intimate and up close with these players. And, man, do we have a leaderboard. What a story brewing in Ricky Fowler. We'll get into it next. Thanks for joining us. U.S. Open edition of Real Golf Radio. 
Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers AAA star Drew Avens, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com. Staples has everything you need to help run your small business. Shipping supplies and services to help move orders out the door. Print marketing services so you can print signs, banners, and presentations fast. And now during Staples Small Business Deal Days, you save 50% when you buy any combination of five or more boxes, mailers, and shipping tubes. Plus, find new deals for small business in-store every week. Keep your business running right and safe at Staples. Offer valid in-store online order pickup and Instacart. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Concord, New Hampshire location. Prices may vary. N71. Progressive presents an ad from mom. When you bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive, (laughs) bundle, that's a cute word. What? Read it again. Okay. When you bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive, you get round-the-clock protection. Oh, that's darn good. Because once my sister Dottie, my older sister Dottie, her basement flooded. Get round-the-clock protection when you bundle and save with Progressive. It's easier than getting your mom to make this radio ad. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Collectible Exchange is the most trusted sports memorabilia company in the country, carrying game-used, autographed, and other one-of-a-kind items. Founded by collecting icon Brandon Steiner from Steiner Sports, they can also help you evaluate, authenticate, and sell your sports collectibles. Check out CollectibleExchange.com and use code RADIO20 for 20% off between now and Father's Day. With over 150,000 items and over 80 pro and college athletes selling directly to you. That's code RADIO20 at CollectibleExchange.com. This is Ron Barr. Father's Day is coming up soon, and if you're still trying to figure out what to give Dad, I've got the perfect gift. Not an electronic gadget or shirt or tie or even a book. Give him what most men like, steak. And I can personally recommend Omaha Steaks Dad's favorite grill pack. I guarantee you he'll say, wow, this is great. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com, type in the search bar sports, and your dad's favorite grill pack includes bacon-wrapped fillets, boneless pork chops, gourmet jumbo franks, and boneless chicken breasts. And for a sweet finish, you'll get delicious caramel apple tarts. You'll also get eight free burgers with your purchase of $99.99. Nothing beats a Father's Day where you and your dad are grilling steaks and meats and spending some bonding time. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak, it's the best steak of your life. Surprise your dad with something both of you can enjoy and never forget. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword sports. It's the ultimate Father's Day gift. Back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting some practice in. I didn't have my best um, best on the approach today, so I'm hoping I can improve that and feel comfortable going into tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, leading a major at any point and any time is always a good thing. So 
Wyndham Clark finds himself not leading after two rounds, but he did taste the lead throughout the first two rounds of this U.S. Open, and he'll be playing in that final group alongside Ricky Fowler. Wow, what a story we have going at the 123rd Open U.S. Open Championship at L.A. Country Club. This segment brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort in St. George, Utah. You've been hearing us talk about it, and while the construction is ongoing with the resort, including the hotel, the water park, the shopping and dining areas, the golf course is open, and you can play it. All you got to do is go to blackdesertresort.com and book your tea time today and experience Black Desert for yourself. Home of the 2025 LPGA Black Desert Championship. Pretty cool stuff. Blackdesertresort.com. All right, uh, Bob, I... You know, Ricky Fowler was certainly not on the radar. It's great that he got inside the top 50 and he's making a bit of a comeback. We have yep. mentioned his name this year, which is good because he seems to have been absent for a time. But I love a good comeback story. America loves a good comeback story. And Ricky Fowler is about as popular of a guy that's never won a major as you'll find out there in golf. And uh, his players, uh, the fellow players and competitors respect him. The fans love him. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy to have up there at the top of the leaderboard after two rounds. He is, and uh, he's playing some great golf. Uh, Butch Harmon has brought him back um, from almost number 200 in the world, and here he is, number 45 currently. But he's playing some great golf. He figured some stuff out um, on on Wednesday evening, and he has parlayed that into 18 birdies over the last two rounds, 10 in the first round, and then eight in the second round. He currently stands at 10 under par, um, shooting rounds of 62 and 68. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, just didn't really see this coming, and he just is, seems to be doing it fairly effortlessly. You, meant, you mentioned all the birdies out there, and, you know, I, I just didn't think L.A. Country Club was going to yield it up. Now, yeah. we were out there early, early on Thursday morning, and it was socked in, and it started misting for about an hour. And so it... For all intents and purposes, Mother Nature shrims those greens, you know, mm-hmm. on the opening round of the open, and you, there's nothing you can do about that. And players took advantage of it, but we saw plenty of guys get in trouble in that first round and shoot high scores. I think Justin Rose shot six over that day, and you saw, you know, we watched Rory McIlroy, you know, uh, on the last hole. He had a little pit shot from pit high, and he took a big swipe at it, and ball went nowhere. You know, basically yeah. whiffed it. I mean, the, the the places to make mistakes and to uh, drop shots are everywhere on that golf course. But I'll tell you what: if you manage your golf ball the way that Ricky Fowler did and get yourself in in position, then you can take advantage of it. And then let's not forget: I mean, the guy's rolling the rock. His putter looks yep. good. Was well, actual putter i don't know if it's my favorite design but it's a big putter if you're into big putters i, I then then I'm, I'm i guess you can go with that but nevertheless it's making putts his stroke looks good yeah and it's kind of counterbalanced as well but the great thing he has done or the the important thing he has done is he has played the first second and third hole in six under par he's birdied those three holes both days and uh, that's amazing when you can start um, in the second round and birdie one, two, and three. And when you can turn and go to that um, in the in the first round and birdie one, two, and three. That's I'll tell you what. That's golfing your ball, and he loves those holes. Well, I mean, he's, yeah, taking advantage where you need to take advantage, and uh, good for yep. him. Um, really, really awesome to see what Ricky's doing up there. Xander Schauffele, hey, look, this was my guy, you know, coming in, you know, with the way too early pick, and then stuck with him. 
And and this is a guy that's played in six opens and five of the six times he's been top 10 in the U.S. Open. So he's not unfamiliar with the position. He understands that, uh, hey, look, it, it's just a day, you know, at that opening 62 and he came back and even par 70. So, you know, he's 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 going to he's going to play it cool. He's not going to get too out of control. But uh, here's Xander after that record setting 62 in uh, the opening round. The sun didn't come out, and it was misting this morning, so I'd say the the greens held, held a little bit more moisture than anticipated, for myself at least. Um, and I think it made the greens sort of that more holdable speed almost, and then coming into greens, you're able to pull some wedges back, and then um, the fairways were a little bit softer too because of that sort of overcast, and without the sun out, it's not drying out much. So I think fairways were easier to hit, and greens were a little bit softer, so I mean... Um, I'm anticipating the sun to come out uh, just as much as every West Coast person out here. So um, I'm thinking the course is going to firm up a little bit. I did that in round number two. There's no question. But uh, just kind of translate that. All of the little golf speak he just dropped in there, Bob, that basically translates to golf courses was gettable. It was gettable. It was was as gettable as it could be um, in that first round in the morning. There was no wind. You had the moisture in the golf course. Um, the greens were softer. And uh, both those guys, Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley, shooting 62. But both those guys are Southern California boys. And they understand how to play golf in Southern California, especially in that marine lair and that June gloom, they call it there. And, uh, and they were able to shoot those 62s. The lowest score in U.S. Open history ever Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley. And how about that? 122 of these things had been played and no 62s had been shot. And within yep. 20 minutes of each other, there were a pair of them. So, and, and by the way, coming off the heels of, of Johnny Miller being honored for the Bobby Jones Award by the USGA on the 50th anniversary of his 63 final round score of the 73 open at Oakmont where he came from six back to win. So um, pretty impressive that, you know, Johnny was even asked about it. He's like, oh yeah, there'll, there'll be lower numbers shot. But, you know, can you do it to win on a Sunday, right? So um, he does hold that distinction. But I I can't get past this. The golf course, in your mind, in your preparation for a U.S. Open, is always survival in some ways. It's it's, Mm -hmm. You have to kind of be a little conservative. You don't want to shoot yourself out in the first round. you got to go out there. It's a bit of a dance. You want to feel it out. How about those two players in, in Shoffley and Fowler being comfortable enough to recognize the opportunity and go out and take it because it, it was out there. And I'm not suggesting yeah. that other guys didn't, but it's like you heard the players say, it didn't quite feel like that's what you should be doing in the first round of a U.S. Open, but it was right there. And so why not? Yeah. And, you know, you get on a roll and things are happening. You're hitting good shots. You're making putts. You're hitting ball close to the hole. And you know what? These guys don't care. They really don't care. Their, their idea is, you know, I'm not going to walk on eggshells because we're in a U.S. Open. Mm. No, if the course presents itself and they have a chance to make birdies, they're going full tilt. It's let's go and let's see how we, deep we can take it. And, the, and both those guys did. 29 players under par after two rounds. How many do you suppose, given what we have seen and understanding that it's probably going to dry out and get firmer and faster, how many players do you suppose Sunday are still in red figures? I, you know, I would say there's probably going to be double digits, maybe 15. Um, 
you know, it came back a little bit from the first round to the second round. But I, w- I would think as this golf course starts to get more difficult and more tough and uh, it's coming to the USGA and making it more bouncy and and more firm, then I think, you you know, you're going to have a bunch of those guys kind of sift out of out of that position of being in the top 25 or 30. And we're going to have probably about 12 to 15 that probably are under pi- par when it's all done. Well, and to your point, Bob, Tony Fino there at 11th, he's yes. at three under par. And so yep. you've only got 11 guys at three or deeper. So yep. you start looking at all the guys at twos and ones, and that's more than half. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very easy to drop a couple of shots and end up in the black, and that's going to happen, right? And there's some guys yep. up there that probably you wouldn't have expected to be up there, and so they're going to be finding themselves with some uh, some things to think about going into the weekend. Now, cut came at plus two, and there were 65, I think it was what it was, that ended up at plus two. Some of the guys on the wrong side include Phil Mickelson. So, uh, again, so he, he had some some and you know, people mentioning his name as he got off to an early shot. Shot 69 in the first round, came back yeah. with 74. Yep. Uh, Mito yeah. Pereira uh, down the road. Jordan Spieth is in Jordan that, Spieth as well. Yep. Yeah, is in that group of plus three. So, uh, let's see, sliding down the, the list, Justin Rose, we mentioned he got off to a tough start. Came back in 68, but the 76 in the first round was tough. Max Homa, that was your pick yeah. and a lot of people's picks. He opened with 68, a tough 76, Bob, in the second round to drop him yeah. to plus four and down the road. So, yeah, there's some some good players that are not playing the weekend, but we will focus on those who are and a, a tremendous leaderboard. Hey, when we come back, uh, we are going to hear from Tony Finau, caught up with him after his first round. Also, some more sound from some of the leaders next here on our U.S. Open edition of Real Golf Radio. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message. Hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your surgery due to high failure rate. The FDA has even blamed the recalled mesh material for some of the worst of the health issues reported by doctors and patients. If you've had two or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. That's 800-817-2968. If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. 
move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear, nothing shows on the back of your ear, and at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case, and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number, call now. 800-278-1738-800-278-1738-800-278-1738 That's 800-278-1738. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio, U.S. Open edition. Thanks so much for being a part. At Real Golf is the Twitter handle. Follow us along. Join the conversation. Let us know what you think. An exciting leaderboard is shaping up for this weekend at L.A. Country Club. Big story in day number one, as we've touched on already. Ricky Fowler uh, goes out and does something that nobody had done in 122 previous Opens, and he shot 62. That's a magic number. Of course, Sanders Shoffley followed him up 20 minutes later and did the same thing. But afterwards, Ricky was asked if he was uh, trying to shoot a score or realized what he was doing out there. I mean, never really thought about a, a score or necessarily what I was trying to do out there. The, the first few days this week, I wasn't feeling very comfortable swing and, and wasn't making many putts or hitting very good putts. So continue to get working on the course as well as uh, on, the, on the practice area. And finally, a couple things clicked a bit yesterday um and then it was more just go out trust it and and let things happen so um yeah i knew there's birdies to be made out here but you have to drive it well and get the ball in position first um so yeah we did that and from there just managed our way around really well what do you think bob ricky fowler is a guy that uh, hasn't uh, been his self over the last few years, really. And now he's found his game. He's clawed his way back inside the top 50 and, you know, has put himself here in a position with a record score in round number one. And, you know, right there at the top of the leaderboard headed into the weekend. Well, he's definitely swinging well. Um, You know, he's had a couple of three birdie stretches um, in his first two days. And uh, I think I like the idea that he said, Butch only not only helps me with my, um, my swing, but he's also a, a really good, um, kind of just life everyday coach. coach. Yeah. Pardon life coach. Yeah. Life coach in helping him. Plus, you know, he's grounded. Ricky's grounded. Now he has a little daughter, um, married and has a little daughter 
And, and like you said, he's clawed his way back and he's worked really, really hard. And now he's 45th in the world and uh, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy right now. Ricky Fowler, um, good stuff. And you know what? Everybody seems to feel the same about Ricky Fowler. Xander Schauffele talked about, uh, you know, Ricky and getting to this point after his 62. Rick's awesome. He's truly uh, probably one of the, you know, one of the nicest guys out here. You know, I, I mean that when I say it. Um, and I couldn't be happier for him to, to, to see him in good form. Um, he's, you know, I've, I've played, being in, being in Florida a little bit more now, I've played some games with him and he's just a pleasure to be around and um, it's not surprising to see him shoot eight under either. So um, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, he's able to get back in a good form and, and can compete at a high level. Ricky and Xander, the story day number one, 62s. And that, of course, brought a lot on about the golf course and how it was playing and whether it was good enough, yeah. uh, you know, and whether it was going to hold up under the conditions and, and that kind of thing. And you know what? Uh, Xander Shoffley had uh, this message around that question. The feel, the stands, everything, um, the competition definitely feels like a major in a U.S. Open. Um, you just you just wait till this place firms up. It's gonna be it's gonna be nasty. Gonna be nasty, Bob. We see that a little <laughs> bit on Friday afternoon, and I'm expecting more nastiness to raise its head here on the weekend. Look, I, I think LACC was getting a little bit of a bad rap early. You know, this is the first time we've seen this golf course in a major championship, and you know, so everyone was, hey, what are we doing here? Is it? Uh, I think somebody asked me on one of our interviews, is this the Las Vegas Invitational or the U.S. Open? And yeah. I just said, hey, hold on, right? I mean, look, and. and and by the way, today's US, uh, USGA allows these players to play what the course will give them. They didn't try to go trick it up. They didn't try to mess with what this golf course had to offer. They simply had to play within the bounds that Mother Nature allowed. And, you know, with that, that cloud cover and the little mist that they got on Thursday morning, it was just soft. Well, and a couple thoughts that I have. First of all, this is the first time they've ever played this golf course in a USGA event. And because of that, they try to set up the golf course, like you said, the way the golf course allows, the way the golf course architects intended it to be. Gil Hans and, you know, um, did the restoration, and they were trying to bring it back to the the, the original golf course um, by George Thomas. So um, they, the USGA, did it that way with this golf course. Then the golf course has had lots of rain and lots of moisture in it over the last month and a half, two months, this whole spring. And so the golf course has been really, really green. They turned off the sprinkling system in May and or towards the end of May, and the sprinklers haven't been on. Any water that's gone on the golf course has been hand-watered. Um, and, then, and then the other thing is, like you said, the weather. The morning scores have been the best scores the first two days. And because of that, um, that's because of the cloud layer and holding the moisture in the golf course, keeping the golf course a little bit more receptive. But uh, with the afternoon sun on Saturday, th things started to get a little bit firmer. You're starting to see those colors getting a little bit browner uh, in the fairways and in the rough and that kind of thing. And so it's uh, it's going to be quite the test. They're going to the USGA has their some tricks up their sleeves 
for Saturday and Sunday? Well, look, I mean, I don't even know if you need to have tricks. It's simply the sun's come out, as you said, with a little bit of breeze up there and some hole locations that will challenge these players uh, and force them to put on quite a show in order to be the U.S. Open champion at the end of the day. Tony Finau, after the first round, uh, we had a chance to catch up with him, and, and uh, he was a little sour, Bob. He On the yeah. eighth hole, it was his 17th hole, knocked it on in two, had 30 feet for eagle, um, put it up there to uh, inside of two feet and missed it for birdie. So three putt pars don't sit well, and that led to this interview. Well, one round in the books. How, how was it out there? Yeah, it was good. I played really nicely. Hit some, a lot of good putts. Some went in, some didn't, but... I mean, other than that two-footer I just missed on my second-to-last hole for birdie, I played really nicely. That one's uh, that one's eating at you, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice to be one shot better. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that, how about that putt on five? Yeah. I mean, some of those, you know, down-the-hill saver. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I made some nice putts. I mean, I yeah. probably still gain, you know, gain shots putting, so that's always a good thing for me in, in major championships. You know, I usually hit it pretty good, and today, for sure, you know, hit it good enough. And yeah. um, But it was just important to make putts and you know, par saves, and that was nice. What did you think about the golf course? How did it play as far as bounciness or anything that we're used to in U.S. Opens, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think it played great. You know, I, it's not as firm as some of the places in the past yet, but with no rain on the forecast, I can see them looking at these scores today and saying, all right, you know, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and turn the holes off. So um, we'll see how it plays, you know, the rest of the week. But I thought it was tough, but very, but very fair. How does uh, the golf course just in in general suit your eye? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a golf course that I like. You know, I, I, leading up into today, I think, um, you know, I, I said yesterday, I hope they add it to the you know to the rotation. I, I think I think it's a great course. I was talking with Jordan on our second to last hole, and he was saying the same thing. He thinks it's a great layout. You know, he didn't play good today, but you know, still just tells you, you know, from someone like him, it's, it's a great golf course. So I think it's a solid test and. I mean, you know, those two sixty twos are pretty, pretty special. You know, it, it doesn't matter how. Did you see that how, out here? No, no, <laughs> I didn't see anybody shooting eight under. So, um, you know, kudos to them. Um, but you know, I had a nice round under par and a ride right in the mix. When you're about to tee off in the afternoon and you see the couple of sixty twos posted, how does that change, if anything, your mindset? Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, you just know you can make some birdies out there. You know, you know that it's there for the taking. You know, obviously the pin locations are you know accessible for the most part and. Um, you know, if a couple guys are doing it, it's one thing if one guy does it, but a couple guys are doing it, you know, there's guys shooting four or five, then, you know, you know, there's just play steady golf and you can make some birdies. So, I mean, again, you know, other than a couple of really small things, it was, it was a really good round by me. The fans were sitting up on six on the hillside. And when all three of you laid up, they were booing because they wanted to see some risks, you know, some, some <laughs> risky shots in there. What, what kind of conditions would it have to be to go for it there? Yeah. I mean, they pretty much just give you the fairway there, you know, so it's, it's hard. I, I watch, I, you know, we had the advantage of watching the guys this morning. Anybody who hit at the green couldn't get it with inside 10 feet, no matter where they hit it. Mm-hmm. Guys were hitting it on the green, you know, just over, just short. Nobody could hit it inside 10 feet. And then you guys laying up, we're all hitting it inside 10 feet. So yeah. it pretty much just told us that's the advantage of having, you know, playing in the afternoon. You, you get to see some putts, you get to see some shots and just know how the course is playing. So that specific hole, it was nice to have the guys in the morning kind of tell us, all right, this yeah. is a lot easier if you just lay up here. It's kind of sweat-free, so that was nice. Is there any um, particular reason you would try to go at that green at all? Um, no, no. There's not. There's not a pin that that, that that's a good. Yeah. You know that that's a good play. Yeah. 
the miss is in that left bunker, but that brings in all the fescue if you miss yeah. the left of that bunker. So yeah, I, don't, I don't think I'll be going for that. It's a, I just went five iron lob wedge today. I mean, tomorrow I might go six iron lob wedge because yeah. today I had to hit a five because it's into the wind. But yeah. if there's no wind, I mean, I could hit a six or a seven iron and hit a lob wedge to the green. So yeah. when it gives you the fairway like that, Absolutely. it's kind of hard to take, yeah. not just take that 90, 80 yard shot. Yeah. So I'll yeah. probably just be laying up. Awesome. Thanks. There you go. That was Tony Fino. That's about as salty as he gets, by the way. That that's the salty Tony, and that is very uh, a, a very generous and and very uh, friendly Tony. Uh, but but yeah. you could tell he was he was burning a little bit hot after that three putt par on on his seventeenth hole, the eighth. Yeah, but you know, even after having said that, you know, you miss a little short one like that, and you miss a couple earlier in the round. He still made some great putts, and uh, and he's done that over the first two days. His putting has been um, very nice, um, and yeah. He's missed a few, but but that's okay because you're going to do that, and guys are going to do that in this golf tournament, in in a U.S. Open golf tournament. So, but for the most part, he's striking the ball really, really well, keeping himself in position, and that's the whole thing about this golf course is that if you get yourself out of position, then you're going to have a you're going to have a tough time. Well, and you think about Tony. This is you know normally we look at his stats and he's gaining all kinds of strokes off the tee and even approaching and around the green, but his strokes gained putting are holding him back. It's just the opposite this week. He's uh, plus one point two six in strokes gained putting, and he's given up a shot off the tee. Strokes gained off the tee. So hitting just 14, uh, let's see, 14 of the 26 fairways over the first two rounds, that's tied for 134th. Tony's tied for 10th. Tony's right up there, you know, and uh, he's, he's gaining almost three shots in his approach. So he, and a great example was uh, Friday in, uh, I believe it was the 16th, 17th hole. He was off to the right side. He was in the hazard, moved some cables, complete like three or four or five inch, you know, hay, and he knocks it on onto the green. It was an amazing play. It was yeah. just really, really well done. So, uh, you know, he, he has the uh, the ability with his strength to be able to get himself out of uh, some, some tough spots. But I, I would say if I'm looking at this stats, and I don't know what he and Boyd are working on, but I would think that he, you know, if Tony could drive it, keep it, hit a few more fairways out there, that's going to put himself in even better position because even with missing, and he's not must, must not be missing by much, he's still able to, uh, to get out there. Greens and reg, tied for 104, 21 to 36. And tied for 70th in number of putts, but again, gaining strokes compared compared to the rest of the field at uh, plus 1.26. So, yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. We'll see Tony in that mix with a lot of good players. They're chasing the the, the guys there uh, on the leaderboard. So, hey, we're going to talk more about that. Uh, hopefully, we'll catch up with Boyd Summerhays later on in the show. Johnny Miller. Uh, 50 years ago, shot 63 in the final round to come from behind on Sunday at Oakmont and win the 73 Open. You've heard it, and he was honored with the Bob Jones Award by the USGA this week. He was there in attendance. It was great to see him. Posted a picture on our Twitter and Instagram. If you want to check that out, at, at Real Golf or at Real Golf Radio. And we recalled an interview from a few years ago where he went through that final round with us. You'll hear that coming up next. A little tribute to Johnny, 50 years from the 63 here on Real Golf Radio. Everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. 
This is the new paradigm in performance. From Callaway, the kings of distance. We all love heading to St. George for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What's been missing is a Scottsdale-style golf resort where you can stay and play and own your own residence. That's why we're building Black Desert Resort at Entrada, offering exceptional amenities from a spa, world-class dining and shopping, water park, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise. Find out about exclusive real estate opportunities available now at blackdesertresort.com. This is not about splitting hairs. It's more precise than that. It's knowing to one one thousandth of an inch that every layer of every Chrome Soft is manufactured precisely, which we confirm with proprietary 3D X-ray. Precision technology is not an industry standard, but it is ours. You can hope your ball performs consistently, or you can know it will with precision technology. Chrome Soft, better for the best, better for everyone. There are currently 2 million American spouses and children whose family member was killed or disabled in defense of our country, which is why I founded the Folds of Honor, providing educational scholarships to the families of 1% of the Americans who protect our freedom. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Please join our squadron today. Your $13 a month speaks volumes and changes lives forever. It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade, but it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG, and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. Sometimes, less is more. Like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. But other times, more is more. Like taking the most aggressive groove in golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology. Like optimized tungsten weighting. It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. The new Jaws Raw from Callaway. To Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. It's not really what you expect playing the US Open, but monkey see, monkey do. Uh, was just chasing Ricky up the leaderboard, so um, glad he was just in front of me. Xander Shoffley chasing Ricky Fowler to a pair of 62s on day one of the 123rd U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club North. Welcome back to the show, Brian Taylor, Bob Casper. It was interesting that just uh, a day before all of that took place, Johnny Miller was honored for the with the Bob Jones Award, the Bobby Jones Award by the USGA. It's a high distinguished honor, and it was also the anniversary of Johnny Miller's 63 in the final round of the 73 Open 
at Oakmont when he chased everybody down from six shots back and, and won the U.S. Open, something that he felt destined to win. And so with all of that talk and honoring Johnny, he even said, he goes, yeah, somebody will shoot lower, but if you got to go out there and do it to win. That's what really means something. Doing it in the final round to win, huh. he really hangs his hat on that, which, of course, why wouldn't you? That, yeah. There is something. There's a d- definitely more pressure on a Sunday to go out and do that and win than there is if you just go out there on the first round. As you kind of heard there from, from Xander, it was just kind of like, hey, I'll just, uh, I'm just going to follow Ricky up the leaderboard. You know, Ricky had 10 birdies and two bogeys in the first round. <laughs> 10 birdies. Uh, yeah. And Xander had eight birdies and no bogeys. And the first bogey he made was like maybe. I think eight holes in on the second day. Eight holes like in in the second round. Yeah. yeah. On Saturday. So, yeah. or on Friday. But um, yeah, Xander, you know, Xander, you're the guy, you're the stat guy. And you always like to look at Xander as far as stats are concerned. Xander's played in this thing six times and he's, he's, He's made the cut every time, and he's always finished inside the top 20 or the top 10. So this is this is kind of a golf course that Xander really, really likes. And um, you, can, you can't count him out. He's going to hang around all the way through. Yeah, he's had five top 10s in those six. Five top 10s, his average yeah. finish. His average finish is sixth. So, yep. and not to mention coming in on the week, he was 12th in strokes gained, a 6th uh, in strokes gained approach, 12th in strokes gained putting, and 4th in strokes gained total. So, look, the guy's obviously any Southern California guy. So, I, I, I like him, and, and he's playing well, and I think he's going to be, I think he's going to have something to say about it before it's all said and done. But uh, before we get too carried away, we'll talk more about the leaders. Uh, we did, as we mentioned, wanted to do a little tribute to Johnny Miller. He's a good friend of ours. He spent a lot of time on the show. In fact, this interview that we found was from 2011. Um, we also did another, we did so many interviews with him over the years, but <laughs> it was pretty cool to be able to go back and listen to Johnny talk about, you know, that Sunday 63. So here you go. Enjoy Johnny Miller a few years ago, recanting that round. Can you just sum up in, in a couple of minutes, what happened back in 73 on that final round? Well, you know, I played the first two rounds with Arnold Palmer, which in itself made that open win pretty amazing. Um, uh, you know, Arnold in 1973 in his backyard at Oakmont right. uh, to to win that thing was just was fantastic uh, on my part to be able to play those first two with him, go through that gauntlet of the Palmer Galleries, and uh, so we were both in third place or something after. And then I had the bad uh, third round. Uh, I left my yardage card um, back at the house, and it was about 40 minutes away. And Linda, I told Linda. Uh, when I was going to the fir- uh, going down the first hole, I don't have my yardage card. I got a local caddy. Uh, we couldn't bring our own tour caddies in. My local caddy, who knows what his step was? Everybody stepped their own yardage off. So you had no idea what kind of step he had. And, and you know, in those days, these young guys have no idea how lucky they are with laser yardage. Yardages. We used to have to walk our own yardages. But I was five over after seven. And you know, basically, had blown myself out of the open and uh, hung in there really to shoot five over for the day, and now I'm six shots back. And I was pretty disappointed because I'd come close in several U.S. Opens before that, and I was really groomed to be a U.S. Open champion by my dad and playing Olympic Club and Pebble Beach growing up. So I was, somehow I thought it was going to be my Open, and Sunday morning I really didn't really have, feel like I had a chance to win. And I don't know, just basically went out there little tip came into my head, right? I had about four balls to go on the driving range and said very clearly, just open your stance way up. And it was like 
probably the clearest tip that's ever come to my head. And it was like, why would I want to do that? I almost had to talk to this thought that came in and just said, open your stance way up. And so I thought, well, what the heck, I'll try a couple like that and hit them pretty good. Well, I actually hit them perfect the last four or five balls. And I was going to the first hole and thinking, geez, I really want to try this. And I thought, well, what the heck, I always listen to my little inner self, so to speak. And so I, uh, you know, just had a great start. I hit a five iron, probably the hardest hole in the world, Starting out is the first hole at Oakmont with the craziest green you've ever seen. And hit a five iron about five feet, and then the next hole hit an eight iron about six inches, and the next hole played left of the hole. We played away from the flag stick, stick twice on the fourth and the sixteenth, but I made a fifteen foot birdie on four, and I almost made eagle on uh, on a long bunker shot on the fourth hole. So I'm four under after four, and now I'm doing the typical math that everybody does when they're having a pretty good day, which is the last thing you should be doing. I'm thinking, wow, I'm six <laughs> back. And, gee, I buried the first four, and the leaders are going to be gagging, I know. And so probably going to only be one back when they get to the fifth tee. So I got a chance to win this thing. So, of course, a shot of adrenaline went through my system and and basically started gagging with my putter. I left it short on two 12-footers on on uh, five and six, and then eighth, I hit a beautiful forward underneath the hole there on 235-yard par three, and three putted from 15 feet straight uphill, left it short and missed a three-footer, lipped out, and then that sort of went from maybe a little bit nervous to sort of meet, mad at myself, you know, really got sort of peed off at myself, and then I just settled back in and birdie nine and birdie 11, birdie 12 and 13, and 15, and then, you know, as you guys uh, played away from the pin at 16, made a good two-putt, and then lifted out on 17 and went down in the hole and came back out at the 18. So I hit every green of regulation, and average birdie putt was about eight, eight feet, seven, eight feet, 18 times. So it was it was, it was the best ball-striking round I've ever seen. I don't, you know, I've watched Tiger in the year 2000, and I've seen David Duvall, and seen, of course, Billy Gasper, I've seen Palmer, Nicholas, and all these guys. That, that was a crazy tee to green round, is all I can tell you. I'm not sure where it came from, but that was a crazy round tee to green. Uh, ben Hogan would have said, nice going. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Hey, Johnny, thanks for recounting that. That's awesome to hear. And uh, can someone do that today? Is, it, is Zoakmont going to be, is it even going to be possible for someone to do that today? Well, you know, I have the, they had that overnight rain at Oakmont. That really helped. If you hit a perfect shot, you could, you know, you could stop the ball. The only way anybody's going to really go low there is it's going to need the greens to be a little softer, and then it's just going to have to be an outer body type of performance, tee right. to green, because I was underneath the hole putting straight uphill like 16 out of the 18 holes, which is, you know, it's pretty hard to do. Those greens got so much tilt, and if you're above the hole or even equal with the hole, you you know, I said on the air at the Players' Championship, the average 10-footer, I always go on 10-footers when I do my homework at these telecasts, the average 10-footer at the Players' Championship is about inside left edge or inside right edge. The average 10-footer at Oakmont is about an 8-inch break. So instead of a half-inch break, you know, there's 1,600% more break at Oakmont. So, I mean, you're talking about what's wow. the break, 10, 15, 20 feet, I mean, if you're in the wrong spot on the green. So it, they're, just, it, they're just crazy greens. If you're not hitting your irons exactly where you're supposed to, you're going to have a nightmarish round. And, nightmarish week so these guys are going to be pulling their hair out if the greens run pretty firm so it'll be really fun to see who really brings their a game and can hit the ball well enough to shoot around par and if somebody could shoot a couple under a total if the tigers on or phil plays the way he did the last round 
at the players. He's he's the guy to watch for right now. He's got a lot of momentum and he's got that cut going and he's not push cutting it like he was at Wingfoot. So if he drives it well, I I think Phil's going to win the Open. I just had to leave that last part in there just because Johnny predicting Phil to win the Open in 2007, the year after he blew it at Wingfoot in 2006. Yeah. So, of course, we know Angel Cabrera went on to win that week. But, um, yeah, yeah, so that was kind of some cool stuff, right? Hopefully you enjoyed that. Johnny Miller recounting his 63 and, again, honored by the USGA this week with the Bobby Jones Award on the 50th anniversary of his 63 back in 1973 at Oakmont. What, what stood out to you? I mean, you heard the guy like he was literally dialed in i know everybody's gonna listen oh, yeah. to that and be like oh my gosh johnny's so cocky and whatnot but look he's yeah he's he's certainly confident and uh he, but he delivered i mean that round is exactly what he said it was yeah you know the thing that uh was so stellar about johnny was his ball striking and his irons and uh in fact he when he did his yardages he and andy martinez his longtime caddy they would go in half yards and not full yards um, he was that precise with what he was able to do and his carry distances and everything, you know, and you think about the guys in today's game, how they have the track mans and all the different, um, you know, flight scope and all those things that help them know what's going on day to day with their irons. And Johnny was a guy that was a phenomenal iron player and always knew based on, on what he's, what his game was like, you know, how to, how to hit irons that were close to the hole. And he had more leaners and and shots close to the hole. My dad always told me this than anybody he ever knew. And uh, and that's why he was such a great player. Yeah, well, I mean, and he didn't have a yardage book. We're going to talk no. to the caddy nope. coming up on the back nine. We'll ask him about that. But his yard, he, ta- he called it a yardage card, which he forgot yes. that Saturday. Yep. So he was going blind. And not to mention... As he as he pointed out, they basically had caddies in a hat, and you just drew out some local caddy that he, you didn't even know from Adam. Yeah. Yeah. And his caddy had never caddied for anybody that had, that had broke eighty five. <laughs> That's a true story. So he's got a guy yep. carrying his bag that it, that he's never seen anything like this, and and Johnny's out there shooting sixty three, and despite all of that, and he forget yep. the one he shot, what he shoot seventy six or whatever on Saturday, that was without that card. But that card was literally telling him things like. Left side of the tee box, four iron to this distance, right? I mean, it was, yes. it wasn't a whole lot. And he talked about steps, you know, stepping it off. So yeah, you're yep. right. I mean, we watched practice rounds this week at LA, Bob, and uh, you know Boyd Summerhays out there with uh, Preston and Tony, and they're carrying that rangefinder and um, yep. like their shot tracer. They're, they've got all of the data that they need right at their fingertips yep. for every shot, for every hole, for the pra- entire practice round. So yeah. their calculations yeah. are are off the charts compared to what Johnny did back in the day, if you will. But anyway, congrats to Johnny Miller and the 50th anniversary of that incredible round and his win at the 73 Open and the winner of the Bob Jones Award this year at LA Country Club. When we come back, we'll wrap up our number one. You're listening to U.S. Open edition of Real Golf Radio. Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. Echo Antioxidant Water, developed by Synergy Science, is the best water you can drink, and it's only available through this special radio offer. Over 1,000 research studies have shown that the powerful antioxidant used in Echo Antioxidant Water can reduce inflammation, improve brain function, help you sleep better, and boost gut health. 
With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them, and it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. Thanks uh, to Johnny Miller uh, and those comments from years ago. Hope you enjoyed that. Tony Finau for spending a couple minutes with us after his opening round. And uh, coming up on the back nine, hour number two, it's America's favorite caddy, a little two-part series as we usually do in these majors. Breaking down the golf course and some of the statistics and things that stand out. The caddy loves, absolutely loves the U.S. Open, although for him... He likes it to be a little more difficult. Not sure he likes 29 guys under par, but um, nevertheless, uh, we will welcome in the caddy for an extended conversation. Yeah, it's difficult when you play a golf course that you have never played before in a U.S. Open and then to be able to set it up and make it so that it plays like the golf course is intended to. You just don't know what's going to happen. And uh, with that moisture in it, that's why we've seen these great scores. 
Double cutting and rolling greens, that'll do something. Those speeds will continue to speed up, and uh, the sun was out on Friday afternoon and expected to be some decent weather over the weekend. So here's hoping that uh, it does become that. I'll tell you what, it already feels pretty dang slick on those greens, Bob. I, I oh. think, I'm watching some of these putts. They barely tap them, and they can get yeah. away from you quick. So the skill that it takes for these players to be as accurate as they are, putting on pool tables, I think Zinger said, and that's what it feels like. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, stay tuned. Caddy's on the back. Uh, we'll hear more from some of the players and leaders and give you our thoughts on uh, the weekend and getting you ready for those final two rounds. 123rd. If you missed something from today's show, you can find it now on iHeartRadio Talk. That's iHeartRadio.com slash talk. A special news and update station you control. Follow us on iHeartRadio Talk and stay in touch 24-7. You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. USA News, I'm Richard Johnson. But for the practices of the Minneapolis Police Department... George Floyd should be alive today. Attorney General Merrick Garland on the findings of the Justice Department two years after Floyd died at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer. Garland says, among other things, Justice Justice found the police department to be... Using excessive force, unlawfully discriminating against black and Native American people in enforcement activities violating the rights of people engaged in protected speech and discriminating against people with behavioral disabilities and responding to them when responding to them in crisis. Garland says the Justice Department and the city of Minneapolis are working on a consent decree to fix the issues going forward. Guilty on all counts, the verdict in Pittsburgh for the man accused of opening fire at the Tree of Life Synagogue in 2018, killing 11 people, the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history. Gun safety is the subject of President Biden's appearance in Hartford, Connecticut today, the first National Safer Communities Summit. NBA star John Morant will miss the first 25 games of the next NBA season, his punishment for a second incident of flashing guns in a social media post. Perryton, Texas, is the scene of a rescue and recovery effort after two tornadoes blew through. At least three are dead, dozens hurt. NBC correspondent Sam Brock also talked to people who are now homeless. The folks who lost their properties in this case, you know, if there's 100 damaged, 50 of them, according to the mayor, were of those who are lower incomes where everything they had was in those homes. And now they're trying to reconcile not just having to go through this traumatic event, we're trying to find a place to live. And the big-time heat wave will continue in Texas, with feels-like temperatures approaching 115 degrees in Dallas and Houston today. This is USA News. I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I learned about atrial fibrillation the hard way. My symptoms would come and go, shortness of breath, fatigue. I kept going. Then I got so lightheaded, I couldn't. My doctor said I have AFib, so I'm about five times more likely to have a stroke. Other symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain can come and go, but the risk of stroke stays. If you have symptoms, tell a doctor. Visit notimetowait.com. Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. As Joe Biden becomes America's 46th president, so much is happening in Washington. And millions of Americans are turning to Newsmax, a news source they can trust. 
Newsmax is already America's fastest-growing cable news channel, and Newsmax.com is your place for breaking news online. So download the Newsmax app now on your smartphone and start watching Newsmax TV for free. The app has no paywall and gives real news you can trust. Watch great shows with Greg Kelly, Grant Stinchfield. A new survey about the four-day work week and how many of us have one may surprise you. The Job Seekers website, ResumeBuilder.com, polled nearly 1,000 employers and found that 20% already have a four-day work week. Another 41% said they plan to implement it at least on a trial basis. If the four-day work week ever becomes standard, it would be the biggest change in the nation's work schedule since 1926 when automaker Henry Ford adopted the five-day work week. I'm Michael Kastner. Downtown Chicago's getting a Vegas-style casino, starting with a starter model. The Illinois Gaming Board approved a proposal that allows Bally's to continue preparing the old Medina Temple for gaming. But Alderman Brian Hopkins says there are some unresolved issues. They still haven't addressed the concerns for the community, which primarily revolve around crime, traffic, congestion, parking. The temporary casino could open this summer. It would operate until a permanent one is built at the site of the former Chicago Tribune printing plant in the River West neighborhood. I'm Perry Williams. It may not be as popular as the lost leading dollar and a half hot dog and soda deal, but Costco is adding a new category of fresh food, sushi. The chain store near its corporate headquarters in suburban Seattle will be the first to offer made-in-store sushi. The plan is to roll out the rolls and other items to other cities. I'm Richard Johnson, USA News. This is Ron Barr. Be sure to check out Sports Byline and the 8Side Network's outstanding eight-part podcast series, Behind the Barrier, Voices from the Negro Leagues. Hear Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and others share their stories of the Negro Leagues, the challenges that the players face, and the importance of Negro League baseball to the game's history. Behind the Barrier is available now on the iHeart Podcast Network and all podcast platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. Check out Behind the Barrier. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Well, we have nine more holes to go, so how about you two fellas follow me to the 10th tee? On to the back nine, our number two of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper. Two players down the middle on the 10th hole. Here's Brian and Bob. Thank you very much, and welcome into this week's edition of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor. He's Bob Casper. His father, Billy Casper, is a two-time U.S. Open champion, 1959 at Wingfoot, 1966 at Olympic Club. 
Just so happened there in 1966, one Arnold Palmer had a six-shot lead, seven-shot lead with nine holes to play. Seven. And uh, Bob's dad just chased him down, caught him, beat him the next day in a playoff. No big deal. See you later, King. Oopsie. Yep. That wasn't a very popular Yikes. win. You know what? It was in. It, it wasn't a very popular win. And you know, my dad going to the back nine, he was he was uh, seven shots down. And he said to Arnold, going to the back nine, he said, "You know what?" He said, "If I can't finish first, I wanna I wanna at least finish second, um, and not lose my position in, in second place." And Arnold said to him, "Well, I'll try, Billy, to help you just do that." And then Ar- Arnold lost track of what he was trying to do and win the golf tournament. He wanted the scoring record, and my dad creeped up on him and caught him. Man, that is still uh, one of those great rounds in lore. I mean, you know, Johnny talked about, um, you know, playing. And Johnny was the low amateur that year. He was, but Johnny talked about how tough it is to play with Arnie's army. Yeah. You know, at Oakmont when he won in 73. Well, it was still just as boisterous back in 66 in San Francisco, and those fans yeah. certainly were uh, rooting for the king. But uh, Billy, Billy won the day, and that's uh, just part of the history and the legend that is the Hall of Famer Billy Casper. 51 wins on the PGA Tour, three majors, uh, those two U.S. Opens, along with the 1970 Masters, uh, which is pretty dang awesome. Not to mention the winningest U.S. Uh, Ryder Cupper, in history, so that's pretty that's pretty cool, and a winning captain back in yes. 1979 at the Greenbrier. Yep. So lots of history surrounding Billy Casper. Not to mention, what, how many? What did he do on the Champions Tour? He won twenty. I think ten times. Ten and ten times and a U.S. Majors. Senior Open on the Champions Tour. Okay, there you go. Yep, good stuff. And a play and a Players Championship yeah, on thought, the Champions. Yeah, Tour. a couple majors there. Yeah, I thought yep. so. So there you go. Yep. Hey, still to come here, we are going to uh, welcome in America's favorite caddy. Uh, coming up next, though, we'll go through the leaderboard and we'll give you some thoughts on these players. We'll hear from some of them as well, and then um, we'll we'll see what the caddy has to say. Breaking down this golf course, I absolutely first couple of days. Let me just say, I know we've been here for a week, but uh, it has been phenomenal. LA's been a great host. LACC is a gem. Hope you enjoy the weekend. We'll talk about it next. Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers, AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com. Staples has everything you need to help run your small business. Shipping supplies and services to help move orders out the door. Print marketing services so you can print signs, banners, and presentations fast. And now during Staples Small Business Deal Days, you save 50% when you buy any combination of five or more boxes, mailers, and shipping tubes. Plus, find new deals for small business in-store every week. Keep your business running right and safe at Staples. Offer valid in-store online order pickup and Instacart. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Concord, New Hampshire location. Prices may vary. N71. Progressive presents an ad from mom. When you bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive Bundle, that's a cute word. What? Read it again. Okay. When you bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive, you get round-the-clock protection. Oh, 
That's darn good. Because once my sister Dottie, my older sister Dottie, her basement flooded. Get round-the-clock protection when you bundle and save with Progressive. It's easier than getting your mom to make this radio ad. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Collectible Exchange is the most trusted sports memorabilia company in the country, carrying game-used, autographed, and other one-of-a-kind items. Founded by collecting icon Brandon Steiner from Steiner Sports, they can also help you evaluate, authenticate, and sell your sports collectibles. Check out CollectibleExchange.com and use code RADIO20 for 20% off between now and Father's Day. With over 150,000 items and over 80 pro and college athletes selling directly to you. That's code RADIO20 at CollectibleExchange.com. This is Ron Barr. Father's Day is coming up soon, and if you're still trying to figure out what to give Dad, I've got the perfect gift. Not an electronic gadget or shirt or a tie or even a book. Give him what most men like, steak. And I can personally recommend Omaha Steak's dad's favorite grill pack. I guarantee you he'll say, wow, this is great. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com, type in the search bar sports, and your dad's favorite grill pack includes bacon-wrapped fillets, boneless pork chops, gourmet jumbo franks, and boneless chicken breasts. And for a sweet finish, you'll get delicious caramel apple tarts. You'll also get eight free burgers with your purchase of $99.99. Nothing beats a Father's Day where you and your dad are grilling steaks and meats and spending some bonding time. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak, it's the best steak of your life. Surprise your dad with something both of you can enjoy and never forget. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword sports. It's the ultimate Father's Day gift. Back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. I mean, never really thought about a, a score or necessarily what I was trying to do out there. The, the first few days this week, I wasn't feeling very comfortable swing and, and wasn't making many putts or hitting very good putts. So continue to get working on the course as well as uh, on, the, on the practice area. And finally, a couple things clicked a bit yesterday. Um, and then it was more just go out trust it and, and let things happen so um yeah i knew there's birdies to be made out here but you have to drive it well and get the ball in position first um so yeah we did that and from there just managed our way around really well that's apparently how you explain a record 62 in the u.s open just you know managed his way something clicked knew there were birdies out there well bob he knew there were birdies how about 18 birdies yeah. Through two rounds at LA Country yeah. Club. I mean, that is phenomenal. I don't I didn't see that coming. Did you see that coming? No, and I don't think the players saw that coming. I know Scotty Scheffler, he said after the first round, he didn't see that. Tony Finau said after the first round, he didn't see that. And both of them just kind of laughed because it, it was it it was almost like a joke to him to think that two guys could go out within twenty minutes minutes of each other and shoot a pair of 62s so um yeah it's it's amazing to see what these guys have been able to do but that's one of the reasons why guys when they get to a major championship you know the the idea has been over the last little bit that you get there you play nine holes here and nine holes there um you you know you might you don't want to wear yourself out well guess what this golf course is different because you had to do some homework and ricky fowler put in the time to play the golf course, figure things out on the range, and then something clicked. And I'll tell you what, it made all the difference in the world. 
Yeah, there's no question about it. You know, it, it's it's important that these players um, find themselves close to the top of the leaderboard. You know, you got Ricky there at 10, along with Wyndham Clark. Uh, you start going down the list. Rory and Xander are just two back there at eight. Harris English at seven. He's three back. Dustin Johnson is at six, along with Minwoo Lee. Um, Bob, uh, how far back is too far back? I think that's something that that maybe you got to start considering, right? As yeah. as far as uh, you know, maybe what some of the history might teach us. Well, you know, if you get seven, if you get seven, um, seven or eight behind, um, then you've got to really get out early. Um, before all those other leaders get on the golf course and you got to put up a number and um, you know, that, that can happen and, and things can switch around pretty quick, but it also depends on what happens with the golf course. If the sun is out later in the afternoon, um, if the wind's up a little bit and you, and the marine layer has gone, then this golf course is going to get really, really difficult. And, um, and you might see, the same score at 10 under par or even nine or eight that's leading if the if the conditions get difficult after the third round, 54 holes. Another great stat from Justin Ray. 25 of the last 27 U.S. Open champs have been within three shots of the lead after 36 holes. 15 of the last 17 were in the top five after two rounds. So you would basically, if you're going to do that, within uh, three shots, that's Harris English, who's also fifth. So you're drawing the line at Harris there. It's Harris, Xander, Rory, Wyndham Clark, or Ricky Fowler if you're going to go with what history would suggest. But I kind of am interested to see see what Dustin Johnson is doing there at six under par because you know we haven't seen a lot of Dustin Johnson he's been playing over on live but uh dang dang it if DJ didn't make a quad in the second round (laughs) otherwise if that would have been a par he would be tied for the lead here's DJ you know making a quad on number two um you know definitely didn't get the day started off kind of you know how I envisioned it starting today but um, to battle back and, and get it back to even par for the day. And, you know, I'm six under for the tournament. So still, right, you know, right in the mix uh, going into the weekend. So, yeah, definitely uh, proud of the way that I, I came back and finished off the round. Yeah. Wow, it's pretty startling that a guy with a, with a quad is right there. I don't, and I don't know if there's ever been somebody who's had a quad in a major championship, let alone the U.S. Open. And come back and won the golf tournament. So he is definitely uh, right in there at, uh, what, four shots back. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see what he does over the next couple of days. You know, the one thing about this leaderboard is if you look at it, Ricky Fowler shot six worse than he did in the opening round. Wyndham Clark was three worse. Mm -hmm. I should say higher. The worst is not right. Yeah, Rory was two shots higher. Uh, Xander was eight shots higher. But Harris English was a shot lower in the second yeah. round. Dustin yeah. Johnson was six shots higher. Minwoo Lee was four shots lower with the 65. Yep. That's the round yep. of the day uh, for Friday's second round. Sam Bennett was one higher. Scotty Scheffler was one higher. Cam Smith, two lower. So you start looking at some trends there, right? Charlie mm-hmm. Hoffman, four lower, 71-67. So uh, pretty interesting stuff there to, to keep an eye on. But um, I, I, don't, I don't know. This is, this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'm excited to see how this shakes out. Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele, they're going to be playing right behind. Uh, excuse me, Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark will be playing right behind Rory McIlroy and Xander Schauffele. That's going to be pretty dang good. I think the fans yeah. are in for a treat. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this. And don't count out Scotty Scheffler. 
Coming up next, it's America's favorite caddy. Can't wait to hear what he has to say about the golf course. That's next on a U.S. Open edition of Real Golf Radio. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message. Hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your surgery due to high failure rate. The FDA has even blamed the recalled mesh material for some of the worst of the health issues reported by doctors and patients. If you've had two or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-817-2968-800-817-2968-800-817-2968 That's 800-817-2968 If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, If you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. Priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear, nothing shows on the back of your ear, and at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case, and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Was definitely playing longer. They, I think there's maybe five or six tees that were put back. And then not only that, a lot of times when they had a back tee, they had a back pin. So it was playing pretty long. Um, I'd say it was definitely some of the tougher pins today. Um, The golf course on our last probably three, four holes when I was out there was starting to firm up. So I imagine this afternoon with the sun coming out, it's going to get firmer and probably be firm this weekend. 
That was Wyndham Clark. He shot three under in round number two and is at nine under par, talking about the course conditions and how they're firming up from day one. And with that, we welcome in America's favorite caddy. There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is. The Caddy on Real Golf Radio. Oh, we love talking U.S. Open with the Caddy. We know he wants some pain out there. He probably wasn't too happy to see the marine layer and the mist on Thursday morning and a couple of 62s and a pair of aces and all kinds of fireworks that you don't expect at a U.S. Open. Right, Caddy? You're, you're probably a little down after round number one. Well, you know me. I, uh... I'm like, I'm like Mr. T. My prediction for the fight should be pain. <laughs> there you go. I want, I want to see some pain on your face when you're walking off that 18. I want you to look defeated. I want you to tell me it was unfair, and it didn't happen the first day, did it? No. No, it didn't. But here, here, here's what Xander had to say, though. We played this earlier. Here you go. This is quick. The feel, the stands, everything, um, the competition definitely feels like a major in a U.S. Open. Um, you just you just wait till this place firms up. It's gonna be it's gonna be nasty. Nasty, caddy. He's he's predicting the nasty for the weekend. You can see a little nasty sneaking in there. You can see some nasty. I it's got to firm up though. I mean, you know, you get that marine layer in there, and all the plans yeah. of uh, you know. Anyway, we'll see. It's uh, I, I think it'll. How weird would it be if we have that opening day that was just looking like it was the Amex? And, of course, Amex is the prime sponsor of the U.S. Open as well. Um, but it's well – uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Threw that in there. And uh, it looked like the Amex the first day, and it, and it, it looks like the IRS on the weekend. <laughs> I mean, coming to revoke all your money. It's uh, – yeah, it could be – wouldn't it be amazing if the winning score was the first day's leading score? Could happen. Oh, of course it can happen, especially yeah. on the weekend. You know, um, you you told us that uh, the the sprinkler system's been off since the end of May, and um, the only water that's been going on the golf course is hand watering. So, um, what they're trying to do is just dry the golf course out. And John Bodenhammer said it was the golf course wasn't wasn't there yet. He said it wasn't there after the first round. He said it wasn't there um, through the second round. But you can guarantee that they're going to get it to where they want it to be those last final two rounds. If they can do it, they'll they're definitely going to do it. We'll see if they you know Mother Nature has a lot to say with that, but. We shall see. They're double cutting and rolling. They're double cutting and rolling like morning and night right now. I mean, those greens, and they did say on three, they're treating that a little bit differently because of the slope, right? But the rest of them, they're they're going crazy. Three's a steep one. But it's also a sandwich shot. Yeah. I heard heard only like one guy missed the third fairway the whole tournament so far. I I feel bad for him. But uh, (laughs) that that is a big interesting fairway, isn't it? You almost have to hit the trees on the right off the tee to miss it. There's almost no other way to miss that fairway. It's kind of wild. All right, Katie. everybody. Oh, generally speaking, though, sorry to cut you off, but generally speaking, you know, there were a lot of people that were disappointed. They were they were calling this not U.S. Open worthy. 
in your mind, is LACC a U.S. Open worthy course? And and what what do you, have you enjoyed the, the action in the first two days? Well, I sure enjoyed watching the action the first day. I mean, watching two guys break the record and then watching, uh, wondering if Rory could get it to 61 and then he quite, you know, tough finishing that off on 16, 17, 18. But it's, uh, it's a tough one. I, I mean, you can certainly argue that the first round put a big, put a big dent in the ability to, to call it, um, the toughest examination in golf, which is what the U S open has been known as. Um, the rest of the tournament is going to look scoring wise, probably pretty decent for a U.S. open. So you could argue, well, it was just that calm, soft one day, but I would say that if you, if you look at the brute courses like Oakmont Wingfoot, um, no matter how soft it gets there, you, you don't get many scores under 66. Um, you just don't. So the wide fairways allow for that. So I, I know it goes against the whole de- design philosophy of this course, but um, I think it would be really interesting to see what would happen at this course if they had the you know 28 to 34 year wa- yard wide fairways, maybe mm. wider on 540 yard par fours, but. I, I mean, I think you could, you probably have an over par U.S. Open if you had 35, mm. a lot of those or fairways. Look at number 12, perfect example, short hole. And that's the, that's the classic old type U.S. Open hole is number, the way number 12 is playing. You put it in that rough and good luck. Yeah, you put but it in ha- the fairway. Yeah. 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 But having yeah. said that, Caddy, let me just ask you this because in the past, the USGA would have gone in there and USGA to US opened up their golf course. And Bodenhammer made a point of saying that they wanted to let it play how it was designed to play. They, they didn't want to have to do too much. They, they wanted the architecture to, to dictate, you know, and they're, of course, they're going to firm it up and set the pins and do those types of things. But they really didn't want to come up and change the golf course and have it play completely different. I actually like that. I welcome that approach over the, hey, I know you never do it here, but we're going to grow these fairways, you know, in and, and they're going to make them 24 yards wide and, and whatnot. And and it kind of goes against the design features. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it does go against the design features. I just don't think the golf course, in my opinion, um, the U.S. Open, in my mind, is, is the ultimate test of golf. It's the toughest course of the year. One of those requirements is that you have to drive the ball well, and you don't have to drive the ball well at this golf course. Mm. You just don't. There's, mm. it, it, so that part of the equation is out compared to classic U.S. Open setups. So you could certainly argue, yeah, I mean, it's a great golf course and, and this and that, but um, you know, you wouldn't play the U.S. Open at St. Andrews. It doesn't mean it's not a great golf course. It's just not the U.S. Open as I have it in my brain. I, I think of I think of narrow fairways and deep rough as being the very first thing that comes. To, when you say U.S. Open golf course, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Yeah. Narrow fairways, rough. Yep, that's kind of its uh, mo, right? You think of Augusta, first thing that comes to mind, the awesome greens and you know birdies and bogeys and things like that, right? It's the 
the excitement. And you think of uh, the PGA as a mix. It kind of goes all over the place, but it's kind of a U.S. Open type course, usually with not quite as much pain inflicted. Um, and then the British Open, well, it's linked, right? It's just links yep. golf. So yep. the character of the U.S. Open to me is, is narrow fairways, got to drive it straight, or got to recover. So, and this, yeah, so anyway. That's so my John piece. Bodenhammer said at the beginning of the week um, when they had their press conference, he said, you know, these standard bearers, with each group are going to be pretty busy because there's going to be birdies and there's going to be bogeys and there's going to be others. Um, and it's, and, and he's going to be changing these scores all the time. So having said that this golf course is really the tale of two nines. Um, it seems like all the guys that have played well so far have really taken advantage of the front nine. And then the back nine is the gauntlet. That's the one that, that you have to hold on and uh, try to keep your score going. Well, since you led into that, Bob, can I go ahead and here's Rory McIlroy yeah. saying that very thing. At least for me, there's there's quite a scoring discrepancy from the front line to the back line. Um, you know, the front line gives you gives you some scoring opportunities and some wedges in your hand, a couple of par fives, sixth hole, um, and yeah, the back nine just is is um, is a lot tougher. You know, you've got a lot of. Um, you know those those last three holes, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, are uh, you know are, are are playing tough, even if it is you know pretty benign conditions out there. So uh, you know it feels like a sort of golf course where you try to make your make your score on the front and then try to hang on on the back. That's your point. Yes, uh, he shot seven shots better on the front nine on Friday than he did on the back nine on Friday. So that would make him think that's a pretty big gap. But the reality was on Thursday, the stroke average difference for it being, is it wildly different to have it 1.3 shots harder? That was the difference. Mm. He did say, at least for me, he did, he did qualify that statement that at least for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no question that the back nine is harder than the front, but you would think it would be, but the way those stats work, maybe, maybe a 1.3 difference is, is, is actually massive compared to, you know, what differences are in nines. But it doesn't seem to me like 1.3. It seems like it should be more than 1.3, doesn't it, mm. when you watch it? Yeah, so I see where Rory's coming from. And, and he was seven shots different on Friday, so that's what happened right before he said that quote. So, yeah, he's probably going to feel that way. And to that point, to your point about the fairways, though, I mean, Rory's hit 21 of 26 fairways. And he's hit 29 of 36 greens through 36 holes. That's 81% on both accounts. So he's picking up two, a little over two shots off the tee in strokes gained. Um, he's uh, hitting a little, a little bit more than two uh, on the on the on the approach. And he's even his putting. I mean, look, he's sixth in putting right now, picking up 2.3 strokes uh, on the field with the flat stick. So you know, Rory's doing some good things. Pretty balanced there. And I think Ricky also has hit 20 of 26 fairways. So you know, the guys are. The guys that are right at the top are hitting fairways. I know what you're going to say that well they should because they're a lot easier to hit, but not everybody's hitting. I think Wyndham Clark has somehow managed to get to nine under with only hitting seventeen of those thirty of those fairways. So the field uh, was sixty six percent fairway accurate on Thursday. The PGA Tour average is fifty three or fifty six. That's a big difference. Oh wow! Well, there you oh go. yeah, yeah. That was Thursday, and, I think. 
like that. Now, I don't, I got all these stats from the internet, so we know they're all dead accurate. So, uh, so I will put that in as a qualifier. Mm. <laughs> but that's just because of the width of the fairways. And those guys on some of those holes, especially the big, huge, long ones, like 13, that's 522, and and uh, the last three holes on the back nine, 16, 17, and 18, those are bigger, wider fairways, and they and they kind of have some slope and stuff into them. Uh, it just gives the guys a little bit more advantage to be able to keep it in the fairway, right? Yeah, and remember, too, when you had – the, if the greens are a little bit softer and a little less bouncy, that means the fairways are also a little less bouncy and softer. Yes, and they're so they they play effectively even wider when it's softer. Yeah. Um, now I, I will point out something that this course allows, which is kind of different. Whenever you look at stats for the week, you always see the par fives play under the par, the par fours maybe may play under par, and the par threes often play over par at every tournament you go to, not just majors. But in general, the par threes, think about that for a second. You get to put your ball in hand on a tee on a flat lie, and those are the most over par holes. Mm. So why, why is that? Well, there's a simple reason. There's a, there's a very simple reason. You almost always hit your longest approach shot on a par three, not on a par four, and sometimes not even on a two-shot par five. And this course has, obviously, number seven can play extremely long. Number four is a pretty good size. A lot of guys are hitting four irons on the fourth hole. A lot of guys are hitting long irons and three woods on the seventh hole. Uh, A lot of guys are hitting lumber into 11. So it's a sad statement, but if you want to make a course play really tough, you don't have to make a a 490-yard par four. Why? Well, because these guys are hitting eight, nine irons in this board. You have to make a 560-yard par four to, to have guys hitting a four iron in their second shot. I mean, think about that. That's yeah. how nuts the golf ball distance is. And that's how that's, crazy. That's like, why the golf ball is going to get rolled back. Although Mike Wan doesn't want to call it a rollback, we're calling it a distance uh, adjustment, not a rollback. But, hey, call it what you want. They're looking to roll that thing back. And after what we're seeing today with the way these guys are taking this golf course apart, I think they're going to use this as Exhibit A. Caddy, can you hang on? we got to take a quick break, but i got a couple other things that I want to get to. Stay tuned. More with the Caddy next here on Real Golf Radio. Everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway, the kings of distance. It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade but it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG, and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. 
all love heading to St. George for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What's been missing is a Scottsdale-style golf resort where you can stay and play and own your own residence. That's why we're building Black Desert Resort at Entrada, offering exceptional amenities from a spa, world-class dining and shopping, water park, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise. Find out about exclusive real estate opportunities available now at blackdesertresort.com. This is not about splitting hairs. It's more precise than that. It's knowing to one one thousandth of an inch that every layer of every Chrome Soft is manufactured precisely, which we confirm with proprietary 3D X-ray. Precision technology is not an industry standard, but it is ours. You can hope your ball performs consistently, or you can know it will with precision technology. Chrome Soft, better for the best, better for everyone. For over two decades, First Tee has created experiences that build character. We believe every kid deserves to feel supported, safe to try something new, and to be prepared for what comes next. We develop their swing, but more importantly, their inner strength. Because we know what's inside doesn't just count, it changes the game. Come join us at First Tee. Visit firsttee.org. Sometimes, less is more. Like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. But other times, more is more. Like taking the most aggressive groove in golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology. Like optimized tungsten weighting. It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. The new Jaws Raw from Callaway. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back. It's Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us on the show. So, continuing now with America's favorite caddy, there's so much to get to. I I know we've kind of been being nitpicky about conditions and that sort of thing. You were just talking about the par threes. Let's just talk general architecture. How brilliant are these par threes? Not only do you have some of these 300 yarders, as you said, they're hitting lumber into, but then you got this little itty bitty 15th hole that's already seen three holes in one and is just a cool shot. I think it's great to mix that up. In my mind, a well crafted short par three is worth its weight in gold compared to just a long. I feel like long par threes are easy to be hard, right? I mean, distance is an easy challenge but to make a short par three good and challenging and interesting i think that's really cool so there's a golf course in california that i think has one of the greatest sets of par threes on any course in the world and uh that's this place called cypress point the seventh hole name dropping 15 and 16 this golf course these these five par threes may be the best set of par threes on any course in the world. It is just spectacular how good these par threes are. And they can play, I mean, four is just awesome. Seven can go anywhere from, you can put the tee up on seven and make it a, a little easier hole. You can put it way back there and almost have to hit a driver and it gives you room to do so. Number nine, you miss the green, nobody gets it up and down. It doesn't seem like that hard a hole, but it, it just, it's, it's knocking these guys off and 11, 
I know it's super long, but it's downhill a lot, and it mm-hmm. gives you that nice run in there area. But you know, even even these guys, as good as they are, you put that you put that hybrid in their hand or a three wood in their hand, and now they got to hit it in a a twenty two yard wide area, and you see a lot of bad stuff. I mean, that's how hard it is. And then and then fifteen, it's like, whoa, what's this all of a sudden? Where did this come from? I mean, they, I guess that they they played four long par threes, and now that there's a little leftover land, so let's make a fifth one that's 87 yards long. And it's super. <laughs> I mean, how about the putting exhibition on Friday? Mm-hmm. You know, you hit it past the pin. 50 percent of the guys three putted from there. Yeah. You can say, you know, is that a little goofy? Well, not when you're hitting a a little chippy wet shot. And there's, you know, come on, if you 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 got to be able to control that that distance within three or four or five steps, right? I mean, that's fair to say, right, Bob? If you're a four foot. Oh, yeah. And you're hitting a sand wedge. Yeah, and that's like why Ricky said earlier in the week, and I don't know if he said this um, facetiously or whatever, but he said if they they move it way forward and they put that that pin down in that sliver, he said, I'm going to lay up. I'm not going to go at, I'm not going to go at that 80 yards with a lob wedge because there's no room there. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that, right? I, I think, um, I don't like the idea that I can have a sixty-yard shot and I have to intentionally miss the green. I think that's a little extreme. But we'll also have to see when they put the pin, if they did put the pin way down there, which they may do on Sunday. Um, will it really play like that? But yeah, he was pretty adamant about that. That's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I think we should clarify. It's not so much laying up. That sounds like you can't get an eighty-yard shot there. He's more laying right. I mean, right? Yes. Wouldn't you say? I mean, it's kind of like he's laying. He's he's positioning his ball just just to the right of the green. I don't. Even, it's not even really shorter. I kind of, but not really. So, real, I'll make a quick statement. Uh, you got an eighty-five-yard shot, and you're intentionally missing the, missing the green. Do you think that's a good design? Yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Now, I'm not going to say it's not. You know, that, that's just, uh, you could make that statement and everybody without knowing this hole and, and whatever would say, oh yeah, that sounds crazy. But let's just see how it plays out first. It, it yeah. might be the coolest thing ever. It may be that if you really take it on, it's a it's a possible birdie or hole-in-one like Friday's pin was. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, it is. Um, but think I don't about think that it, shot, okay? That shot, if you hit it short... You're going to have difficulty making par. If you hit it long, you're going to have no chance of making par. Okay? So his idea was, well, I'll just hit it to the right a little bit, and then I can pitch it up the green or chip it up the green, which is what my dad did when he played at Wingfoot on the third hole. He he did. He laid up on the par three. All four days. All All four four days days with five iron. Yeah, so I – I think it's not too hard and up and down from just short of that green. It's you chipping right up the hill. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a can of corn, as they say in baseball. <laughs> you should make the three all day from there. But um, I just I I I I mean, I'm like in love with these par threes at this golf course. It is just <laughs> it's it, it's it's a it's a tremendous set of par threes. It really is. It's it's phenomenal. Hey, Caddy, let's shift uh, just a little bit. Xander talked about his caddy after that opening round when he shot that 62, and he was giving a little credit to Austin. Austin actually, you know, give him some credit, uh, which I normally don't do too often, but he helped me on like three or four times, you know, three or four uh, attempts today where he talked me into, you know, a safer 
a safer line or you know playing away from trouble even on you know uh, six for example I was trying to go left and he was like uh, let's, let's go this way uh, and I kept going left and he goes uh, let's go this way <laughs> so you know that's credit to him um, we always think we can you know get away with you know some ridiculous stuff out there and sometimes it's, it's nice to have some help to talk you off the ledge so a little love for the caddy there and he's you know he's talking about the line he would take going at six and I want to kind of I wanted to just play that because I thought you'd like it. Here's more on playing the sixth hole and his decision to go for it. You no, know, I think it's uh, going to be quite the viewing party, I guess, once the greens firm up in that sort of back sliver. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know anyone's game there. You either wedge it in close and you know try and dance around the pin, or you try and get risky off the tee. And um, today got risky and sort of paid the paid the price for it. Honestly, you know, got a decent line, was able to advance it sort of up the, up towards the green, which was lucky and. Uh, made par so at the end of the day you know it's kind of funny you play a 300 yard par four and I was very happy with a four I thought that was a great ending to that right so uh talk about that Tony Finau said they're really if they're going to give you the fairway with a little wedge then you just got to take it and you've got others like say if the said I'm going for it every day you've got uh Xander saying he's going for it that's a great hole the sixth hole super cool huh tell us a little bit more about that what do you think so first let me just run real quick to the comment Xander made about Austin um, dialing him back. Bob, would you say you'd need one hand or two hands to count the number of times in a caddy career where the caddy tells the golfer to be more aggressive on a shot? <laughs> I mean, it's all dialing the guy. You're always reeling the guy in, right? You're always yep. reeling the guy. Most, most, most of the time. There are some players who are not quite like that, but most players will always tend to want to go for it, you know, a little more than the caddy probably thinks they should. That's, that's, definitely an observation of mine over 25 years now going to number six um i was looking at i saw the shot patterns the first day where they had the balls uh, on the graphic where their colors for birdies pars and and uh, bogeys yeah and so i looked at it and i was a little surprised at how many guys went for it on the first day because i thought that was just a gimme wedge shot the first day so easy but it looked like it was about split. Now, I, I don't know the real stats. I'd like to see them. But let's say, for example, it not only was it split, but there weren't many bogeys from the bad area, the scrubby, scruffed-up area short of the green, which I thought could be, you know, you go in there, you might make a double on a heartbeat because it's pretty – you guys saw what that was like in there. I mean, it didn't look yeah. very good. And But almost everybody who was in there made a par from in there. And then it looked like it was a split. So if I knew that – the stroke after the, the chances of making par birdie or bogey were the same, whether I went for it or laid up, I would never, ever, ever want my guy to go for it. Why? Because, well, you know, you're, you're going to be that guy who gets there on Sunday and you're going to go for it and make the triple, but you're never going to make that double or triple hitting that little chip, chip wedge shot. Yeah. So I would, I would just watching what I've seen so far, I would say just don't ever go for six. So far, so far. So uh, yeah, and I'd love yeah, to. And that's what I'd Brian was saying. That. Hmm. That's what Brian was saying. You know, we talked with Tony Finau, and he said, "Listen," he said, "In the first round, I hit a five iron off the tee, and I had eighty yards in. Second round, um, depending on if there's wind or anything, I'll, I could hit a six or a seven. They're going to give me that shot. They're going to give me the fairway." By hit by allowing that and give me a, a short, uh, you know, an, an eighty-yard wedge shot, where 
if I'm doing my job right, I can hit it in there and have a pretty good opportunity to make birdie. Agreed. Totally. You're just that hole. It's unlikely that you're going to make a bogey with the 80 yard wedge in your hand on that hole. It's just not that likely. It's not. Now here's the thing though. If you got that green firmer and behind the green there on the left center of it, there's a five or six step cut out of fringe that's short until you get to the higher rough. If you had the Bermuda rough, the normal Bermuda rough cut right to the collar there, that changes everything about that wedge shot. Cause how many guys are you seeing that bounce it into that collar of short cut back there and it spins back on the green close to the hole. Imagine if it stayed up there in the Bermuda. Now you're mm-hmm. making bogey for because you're chipping it to the front of the green when you're coming out of there. Yeah. So that little, that little cut makes all the difference on that wedge shot. It makes it, it's just not, it's just not the killer wedge shot, the scary wedge shot that it could be. Um, but it's a pretty cool, I mean, it's a cool design because I think it definitely entices you to go for it. And it's not, in my opinion, it's just not worth it at all. Hmm. That's good. Good analysis. Appreciate that, yep. Caddy. You know what? We are uh, running out of time. I, I pulled a cut. Johnny Miller uh, was on site. He was a recipient of the Bobby Jones Award from the USGA this week, and it's the 50th anniversary of his 63 final round at Oakmont to win the 73 U.S. Open. And I, I went back and found an archived interview that we did from 2007 and another one from 2011 where he talked about that 63, and it's great stuff. And one of them talked about the fact that he – did you know that the USGA used to not allow the tour caddies to come caddy in the U.S. Open? You drew out of a hat. Drew out of a hat. Some, hey, well, I'll just play this first part. Here, here it is. My caddy, Lou Bodine, as he said, I'd never caddy for anybody that broke 85 before. You know, USGA <laughs> – um, if you wanted to criticize the USGA, that was the dumbest rule ever in history of golf. Is they they wouldn't let you bring a good caddy or, or your caddy or anybody you wanted. They would just draw for um, which caddy you got. And the caddies, a lot of them weren't even hardly knew anything about golf, you know. So anyway, there, he goes on to talk about what happened with his yardage card. He didn't have a yardage book, but a yardage card. But I want to develop that a little bit more. So remind me next week. I'll play the rest of that for you and how what his distance was and what his card looked like and how that's evolved into the player books that you use today, that you provide for these players today. So I think that's going to be cool. We talked to Ted Scott. Um, he, he obviously loves the books and, and uh, relies heavily on those in these major competitions as well as weekly on the PGA Tour. So great work, Caddy, and uh, we wanted to give you a little love and a little praise and a little insight on yardage books, but we'll do that next week. Does that sound good? Well, if if we made Caddy Shack today, Spalding wouldn't say he's just a Caddy Grandma. He'd be saying today he's a Caddy Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Right. Like They've come a long way, baby. <laughs> yes, they have. Hey, Caddy, enjoy the rest of the the week. Do you have any predictions for us? You want you want to go prediction on us or not? I'm going to predict a little pain at the end of this tournament on on the last few holes. I'm I'm still holding to my. I don't know why this came into my head. I have no idea. I have a. I had a premonition that someone was going to double bogey 14 on Sunday, and it was going to cost them the tournament. You did say so that. That's I right. Don't, mm-hmm. I don't know why that came into my brain, but I mean. Let's see what happens. And we'll just forget I said that if they all birdie 14. Yeah, well, and we won't tell any players that you have a premonition. We don't want anyone thinking about 14. Yeah, exactly. 
I, I think it'll be, I think it's going to be a really good finish. I think it's going to be awesome. Nail biting all the nerves, the whole thing that make it a major. I'm expecting that. Love it. Thanks caddy. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That's the caddy right here on Real Golf Radio. A little double dose on the U.S. Open edition of the show. We'll wrap up the show next. Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. Echo Antioxidant Water, developed by Synergy Science, is the best water you can drink, and it's only available through this special radio offer. Over 1,000 research studies have shown that the powerful antioxidant used in Echo Antioxidant Water can reduce inflammation, improve brain function, help you sleep better, and boost gut health. With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Bob. 
Thanks to Dave Blauser for doing a great job as our producer. Thanks to everybody who joined us, the caddy right there, as well as uh, the time from Tony Finau. Uh, and you heard from our conversation with Johnny Miller from a few years ago. Congrats to him on winning the Bob Jones Award on the 50th anniversary of his 63, winning back in 73 at the Open. Uh, by the way, in case you're wondering, 17, playing the hardest, that par four, it is yep. difficult. Um, it is really, really tough. Number two, hardest is number seven. It's a par three. And yeah. this thing can play as long as 300 yards, and it's the second hardest hole. By the way, I mentioned this before. The sixth hole is the second easiest. It's got a scoring average of 3.77, and it's a par four, par three, 3.38. So basically point three strokes difference between the par four and the par three there. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. So as far as tee times are concerned, of course, we talked about it. Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark are at 340, playing right before them. Roy McIlroy and Xander Schauffele at uh, 329. Harris English and Dustin Johnson at 318. Um then we've got uh, Miwoo Mi Lee and Sam Bennett at 307, Scotty Shuffler and Cameron Smith at 256, and Tony Finau and Charlie Hoffman at 245. It's going to be a good one. There's a lot that's going to transpire. There's some things that are going to get painful. There's some things that are going to be exciting. Lots to tune in. Uh, I think LA Country Club is a huge winner. I don't care that it looks different than a traditional U.S. Open. It's going to provide a great drama down the stretch, and it's going to be a worthy champion. There's no question about it. Well, uh, Bob, thanks. Great job. Good insights, as always. For Bob, I'm Brian. If you missed something from today's show, you can find it now on iHeartRadio Talk. That's iHeartRadio.com slash talk. A special news and update station you control. Follow us on iHeartRadio Talk and stay in touch 24-7. Hi, this is Rick Tittle. Tune in every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Pacific time for the video game review. We'll review games. We'll give away a brand new game. We'll talk cheat codes, new releases, and your calls as well. That's right here every Sunday night on the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network.